Hey there, guys and gals, friends and foes. Welcome to Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John B. Pica, but you can call me Johnny. And we got a great show in store for you today. We're going to be talking about Cobra Kai Season 3, uh, my real quick review of Shadow in the Cloud, uh, stuff that's upcoming. And we've got a very special guest joining us in the studio this morning. And we're going to get to that right now. Whoops, hit that twice. <laughs> Good morning, friends and foes. We've already got a few viewers watching, and if you are watching, uh, make sure you post a comment, just like Cindy Kep did. She says, Good morning. Good morning, Cindy. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here with us. And uh, that's how this works. So there came a day, unlike any other day, when the question was asked, wouldn't it be cool if we could just get a group of our best friends together on a Saturday morning, sit down with a big bowl of breakfast cereal, watch cartoons, and talk about cool geek stuff that we love? Well, the answer was a resounding, yes, we can. And the back of the cereal box was born. It's the only podcast with eight essential vitamins and minerals so let's open up the box and see what's inside. And yes, this morning I am eating Star Wars cereal, kind of baby Yoda O's. <laughs> um, I've not tried this yet. It looks like, if you guys remember Kicks, with uh, it's got Yo baby Yoda shaped marshmallows. Now I hate breakfast cereal with marshmallows, but I didn't see it had marshmallows when I bought it. And so uh, we're going to give it a try. Now, I've said this a dozen times on the show that when uh, I was a kid, we didn't have an iPhone or an iPad at the breakfast table growing up. So our iPad, our iPhone was the back of the cereal box. In this case, it's just a big giant trading card style image but that's kind of cool you got uh jindarin and uh grogu uh, i'm backwards jindarin and grogu on the back and um you guys if you've been watching the show you know i loved the mandalorian and so um so we're uh we're gonna try this this morning now um our regular co-hosts aubrey and d have not shown up this morning. Um, so, oh, Aubrey has just sent me a message and says, I'm still able to do it, but my brother is asleep in my bed and snoring as I speak. Ooh, I'm going to tell her to go ahead and come on. Uh, so I'm going to text her. Come on in. That could be funny. <laughs> oh, this is how we roll here. So um, 
We're going to consult the magic eight ball to see if my co-hosts, my regular co-hosts are going to make it. Uh, will Aubrey and D make it? Magic eight ball says yes. So it says both of them are going to be here. But in the meantime, we've got a very special guest waiting in the green room. And um, we're going to welcome him in as I taste take my first tastes of the Star Wars Baby Yoda cereal. Please welcome author extraordinaire, Bill Webb. How you doing, brother? I'm, I'm wishing I had a big bowl of uh, Choco Bombs. Do you remember what Choco Bombs are? Mm -hmm. Calvin and Hobbes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Just this big thing that's just nothing but chocolate and sugar and gets you ready for the day. Well... You could have got Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, but, you know, there's just something so uh, iconic about Choco Bombs. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, I can do that. Yeah. So how you doing other than chowing down? Well, I'm doing great. And so <clears throat> my immediate one-second reaction, do you guys remember Kix cereal? It's still out. Um, but did you ever eat Kix when you were uh, younger? This is, that's exactly what this is. This is Kix with um, green marshmallows, baby Yoda-shaped marshmallows. And you know what? They've improved cereal marshmallows since the last time I ate a breakfast cereal with marshmallows. You remember how they used to be all hard and chalky? Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't taste like a marshmallow at all. Um, <laughs> they were like an eraser. Exactly. Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, these, these are okay. These are okay. okay. All right, good. Well, so we got um, go ahead, Bill. Oh no, no, I'm good. I can't even remember what I was going to say. <laughs> that that happens. It does. Um, it now you guys probably can't tell on video, but Bill, since you're you're white in the beard, I'm starting to thanks, get that. Thanks way. for reminding. Thanks for reminding me. Well, it's okay. It looks good. Okay, thank um, you. We should have had you on our Christmas episode. Um, but um, I'm starting to get some white in my beard. I've, I've hit level 50. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm coloring it, though, and this morning I have silver. Silver's cool. Yeah. It really doesn't show that much, but when, when I wash it out, the, the difference is pretty dramatic. Yeah, you know, um, my, mine is mostly still dark. It's just the light washes it out, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. So my hair is actually still blonde, and, you know, this is still kind of dark. But the, the light gives it a, a weird sheen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We can go with that. Yeah, there we go. That's that's the explanation, and I'm not changing my story. So uh, Willow, Willow Schuyler has uh, popped on and said good morning. Willow. We love that avatar, and um, she does not, a great show. Go ahead, Bill. Hi, hi Willow. I'm available. <laughs> no offense, John. No offense. I'm just no. I'm that's just all right. That's all right. Um, yeah. She's in. Uh, she's our uh, uh, support Canadian. Ah, our okay. emotional support Canadian, and um, everybody needs one. Yeah, and she does a great show of her own called Willow's Pillow Talk. And um, 
she's a celebrity now. It's listed on IMDb. And really? Yeah, yeah. I got to wow. figure out how, how to get my shows listed on IMDb. I do two other podcasts, and I, she said that her uh, network set it up for her. But, I, you know, I, I have a love-hate relationship with IMDb because I've, I've done parts in movies and TV shows, mm -hmm. and I've got podcasts and video casts and whatnot, and I cannot figure out for the life of me how to get a listing on IMDb. I don't know. I, I can totally see you as a character on a show. I mean, I really can. A recurring character uh, in a book, a show, um, I, without, a, without a problem. You would be the, uh, uh, I mean, we're all geeks here, so I guess we're going to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you'd be, you'd be the geeky computer guy uh, who also knows everything there is to know about pop culture. And, uh, you know, whenever anybody's trying to have a serious conversation, he would be the one that throws in the uh, pop culture references. That Okay, I can see that. I could do that. You know, that, that yeah. would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Cindy Kep asks, is it suitable for framing? She's talking about this. I think so. I, I think we could cut this out and frame oh, yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And Nick Talker, who I've got to have on the show, um, says the Mandalorian cereal is really quite good. Sweet, but not too sweet. Actually, Nick, I would agree with that. It is, it is, it's really good. And I'm surprised at how good the marshmallows are. I'm, I'm just, I'm totally shocked. Here, I'll take another bite. Could, could it be that unlike the kicks, it hasn't been sitting on the shelf for three or four years? Mm. That could be. Now I'm on the hunt. For Quisp. Oh, I remember Quisp. Now, they still make it. It's made by Multo Meal, mm -hmm. but it's not in a box. It's in a bag. And so, you know, it's at the lower level in the cereal aisle. Yeah. Nick Talker says, if you worked on a film, TV show, episode, or game that is already listed in the database and you received an on-screen credit, you should be eligible to be listed on IMDb. If we list the title, but your name or credit does not appear on IMDb page, you're welcome to submit it for inclusion from their site. I can't find that anywhere, Nick. We're, we won't take it up here during the show, but send me where you find that info. So, because um, I have, you can't get booked at Dragon Con as a guest unless you have IMDb credits. Now, I've published five wow. books. I've got a podcast. The Diesel Punk podcast has 10,000 listeners per episode. And uh, this show is growing by leaps and bounds. And, uh, you know, I can't get booked at Dragon Con. So you can't, you can't get even booked as an author? No. Huh. Well, they. Well, if I, I want to pay. Well, no, but I mean, as, a, as a, uh, an attending guest. Not so far. Or they could just hate me, and that's well, their excuse. I, I used to think that too. They they uh, accepted me the first year that I was an author, which was 2017, and uh, the the day that I was supposed to drive up to be there, I had the very very first panel of the entire show, and okay. I and I, I was all alone. So as I was getting ready to drive up, five tornadoes touched down in my county, and yeah. It was, it was a fun day. Uh, the road was wrecked. You know, they're, they're, all these roads were closed and everything. I couldn't get there. 
And so um, it wasn't until last year they took me back. I guess I had to serve penance. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. So Sydney Kep says, uh, check with Bill Sartain about Quisp. He's a fan. Um, I've seen it in the stores. Um, I just, I, you know, you can order it in a box off of eBay. I'm just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, see, Joe McKeel says he found Quisp on Amazon. They're proud of it at eight twelve a box. That's because, Joe, you can't find it in a box in the stores anymore. It's in the bag. So, yeah, the sell, that, by, the sell by date, the back of that cereal box probably says, watch out for Y2K. <laughs> That's probably true. And Nick Toggart says, I still consider myself a roving footstool to help folks level up. I appreciate it, Nick. And uh, send me that link offline and uh, we'll uh, investigate IMDb. So, um, Bill, yes, you are here to talk about an upcoming project. Now, before we get to that, we, we got some other housekeeping to do. Okay. Um, if you guys are paying attention to the show and watching uh, the content that we put out on the YouTube channel, you know that we took a road trip last Saturday. We finished this show, hopped in the, the uh, battle wagon, uh, Jenny, and headed up to uh, Louisville, Kentucky to visit a couple of brick and mortar shops. We visited um, J&B Magic Shop, which is a real deal brick and mortar magician's supply store uh, in New Albany, Indiana, right across the river from Louisville. And um, we, we had a great time. There was a great video overview and um, Brent Braun, who owns the store, demonstrated uh, a, an original trick that he created called This, That, and the Other. And I had to I had to support that brick and mortar, and so I went ahead and I bought that trick. I haven't learned it yet, but you can see it demoed by Brent, the creator, on that uh, road trip video. And we bought some other stuff. Um, Sarah Janelle, one of my students, went with me, and uh, uh, Madam Dark of the League of Impossibilists, along with Deacon, went with us, and uh, they got some cool stuff. But that was the loot that I got from um, from uh, J&B Magic Shop. And before we leave today, I'm going to perform a piece of magic that I've done for years, but haven't performed since August. And that's a whole other story, um, but I'm going to do it before we leave here. Now, the second place we went was uh, The Destination, games, comics, toys, and collectibles. And uh, you can watch that road trip video also on our YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, it's right below us. Um, and I got some cool loot there. One of the things about that store was I found stuff that I hadn't seen anywhere else. And I had been looking for this hardcover edition of Klaus, the uh, life and times of Santa Claus. I am a, Bill, I'm a Santa Claus lore fanatic and i love just about every version of santa claus that has been published this one reimagines saint nicholas or klaus as a a badass sword wielding warrior and um this this is by uh I like it. yeah grant morrison wrote it dan mora is the artist on it and uh it's it's a collection of several uh 
several individual issues that they had published. Look, there's Santa Claus going down to the pits of hell. Oh, to, nice. You know, fight demons. Yeah. Um, and um, really, really just great uh, artwork. Uh, the coloring is like a watercolor style color. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. Um, so this had been either delayed or stores weren't ordering it, but the destination had it. And look, I could have ordered it off of Amazon. I hate buying off of Amazon. I want to be able to go in, support brick and mortar first, but also just put my hands on it, flip through it, see what I'm getting. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm old school like that. So that uh, I picked that up uh, at the destination uh, and you, you, you hear me talking about it on camera, but I didn't show what I got. I also picked up the mighty Avengers dark rain collection. I am an Avengers freakosaurus. And this is one of my all time favorite story arcs. Look, this is mm -hmm. a big thick tome. Yeah. Um, Dan slot. Uh, Koi fam. Uh, was the uh, main artist on this. And uh, loved this run of Mighty Avengers and picked that up. I hadn't seen that anywhere else either. And then, you know, I was, um, you're, you're seeing all over the internet that this is sold out everywhere you go. And um, I'm seeing it priced. The stores that do have it are pricing it like really inflated. I saw one store had it at 60 bucks. Now, that's probably for the first printing. I'm sure this is like the third or fourth printing, but I got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last Ronin story. Have you Sweet. guys read this? This, I, I, I wasn't a huge, I'm not a huge Turtles fan. You know, throughout the last 30, 40 years, I've, you know, they, they've been in my peripheral. I've read a story here or there, you know, watched a movie or two. Um but everyone was raving about this. And normally when everybody raves about something, I go the other way. <laughs> I didn't watch Stranger Things for almost two months because everybody was raving about it. And I was like, mm, I don't know. And then I finally watched it. I was like, okay, the hype is real. Um, yeah. So I was kind of like that with this. I didn't seek it out, but they had it. So I bought it. And I got to tell you guys, this might be the single best comic story of 2020. Wow. It was phenomenal. Um, now, it doesn't get my my uh, vote for best series of 2020 because that went to Adventure Man uh, because this is only one issue. Issue two doesn't come out until next month. So um, maybe it will get my vote for 2021. And then... I had to pick up the collected edition of Firepower. This is volume two. Volume one was a prelude to the uh, ongoing series. Now, I talked about this Wednesday night. I have all of the floppy issues on this. But I went ahead and bought the uh, trade paperback because a lot of times, and Bill, you'll understand this, a lot of times a story that you read month to month actually reads better all in one edition. Oh, absolutely. And Firepower is one of those stories. This is uh, Kirkman and Chris Samney doing the artwork. And they, they you know, a lot of trade paperbacks, they break it up like it was published with the covers in between and whatnot. 
They didn't do that. They they removed all of the, the chapter markings and covers, and it's one continuous story, which I love. So, um, so yeah, and, and the thing is, people are like, well, if you're going to buy the trade, why do you buy the individual issues? Because without the individual issues, you don't get a trade. It's true. So buy the individual yeah. issues. You know, John, then, I was yeah. going to just... I was just going to say, you, you don't know this about me, but um, when I was 13, uh, I was in uh, history class and my teacher uh, confiscated my copy of X-Men that I was reading. I had my book up. We were supposed to be reading something and X-Men was open mm -hmm. you know, here and uh, he caught me doing it and he came over and ripped it up in front of the class. So uh, I do. Oh, yeah, uh, I do. Uh, I, I go back a long way with comics. So you're you're in my wheelhouse with all this stuff. Do you remember what issue that was? Uh, that was actually freshman year, which would have been 1969 to 70. So I think it was right after they they had you know they stopped what was uh, issue 65 and then did right. reprints. And I think this was right after they'd come back. I, it's fuzzy now. It's been a long time ago. So this would have been a Dave Cockrum issue. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. At one time, I had I had X Men one up on my wall, and uh, right beside uh, Spidey one and FF one, and uh, you know they were in their bags and they were up there just so I could look at them. And then uh, when my son got to be a certain age, he he kind of didn't go along with the plan of being fed every three days. He wanted it, you know, food like multiple times a day, which yeah. I, I thought it was pretty selfish. Yeah. So uh, those things had to go away. But yeah, um, if you if you really want me to make you jealous, back in 2001, now I sell used books. I've been doing that for a long time, okay? So back in 2001, I bought a um, collection of a gentleman that had died that was graphic novels. Hey, Carlin, what's going on? Good morning, Carlin. Um, I bought a collection of a guy who had been collecting graphic novels, and he was a a uh, very low-level novel artist himself, so he knew all these guys. And there were 6,000 issues in it. Wow. And, and um, he had the first... People argue about what was the first uh, actual graphic novel, and it didn't matter because he had them all, and they were all in pristine condition. Uh, they're gone now. You know, I had to sell them because that was my business. But uh, But I got a chance to look at them. So that's interesting. I just had this discussion on our road trip about, you know, what was the first graphic novel because um, Greg Jones, Deacon, mm -hmm. bought um, the uh, Star Slammers or Star Jammers, Star Slammers or Star Jammers graphic novel. Um, it was published by Marvel under their Epic Comics banner. And there's, uh, you know, there's debate whether... Uh, that or Dave Cockrum's Futurians or X-Men God Loves Man Kills or God, God Loves Man Kills, which one of those three was the first official graphic novel? But I would dare say none of them. Right. What, what, what would you say, in your opinion, is the first true graphic novel? Well, I actually researched it pretty heavily. When because I uh, it was not a cheap book, uh, I think it went for $300 or something along those lines. 
And nope, sorry, Carlin, wasn't Star Jammers. This was an independent publication from 1976. And I'm trying to, I can't remember the name of it, but it was, uh, it had a stapled binding. Okay. And it was written strictly as a graphic novel. It wasn't a series of comics that were put together. It was written from the ground up to be a graphic novel in the same way that uh, Jim Steranko did Starfawn and um, uh, Frank Miller uh, was working on his stuff early on. But but this was in 1976. And there was right. actually another one that year that came out about four months later. And I wish I, I'll send you the name. I'll do my research and figure out what it was and send it to you. Cindy Kept says, I thought Will Eisner's work was first as a graphic novel. Um, all of his stuff was collected stuff. Um, well, no, Carlin was clarifying it's Star Jammers, not Slammers. Um, are we sure about that, Carlin? Because both exist in the Marvel Universe. Or, well, back then, um, Epic Comics was a separate label. Um, but there's a, a group called the Star Jammers, led by Corsair, uh, Scott Summer, and Alex Summer's father. Um, that's going to drive me nuts. But yeah, Bill, uh, those that that's why a lot of people say that um, God, God Loves Man Kills, the X-Men graphic novel, that's why they claim it is the first graphic novel, because it was written as a standalone story to be, you know, a standalone graphic novel. So it, uh, it, it's probably the first one that got uh, any sort of real distribution. Yeah. Mainstream distribution. Yeah. The one I'm talking about was uh, done by a very small press. Uh, it might've even been the author himself and uh, it had a very limited distribution. Uh, it was, it was big too. It wasn't uh, standard si comic book size. It was a little bit bigger than that. And, um, uh, I'll find out, but I will let you know. Yeah, that would be great. Well, yeah. the last thing I picked up at the destination, and this is so funny. I saw so many things there that I had never seen before, and this was one of them. I'd been looking for it, and again, I could have ordered it off Amazon at an inflated price, but I found the board game The Guardian's Chronicles. This is by published, and this is an enormous box. Look at this. Wow. This is this is crazy huge. Now, it's not that much stuff in it. It's not packed quite that tight. I don't know why the box is so big. But you basically play as superheroes saving the city. And it's by Yellow Games, who made King of Tokyo and uh, uh, Shadows Over Normandy. And uh, it comes with some great fun miniatures. And I'm going to do an unboxing video uh, later this week, and I'll show all of those. But how cool! And I got it at 20% off because they were having their after Christmas sale. So I got it like for $40 cheaper than I could have got it on Amazon. It's um, pretty cool. So Joe McKeel says, bottom of the hour, got to run, get with John about the 16th. Yeah, so... I mean, get with me, John. Get okay. I know what you mean, Car uh, Joe. Uh, we are going down <clears throat> on another road trip, January sixteenth. So, uh, Aubrey, if you're watching but you're not in the green room yet, 
uh, mark your calendar now to be off work to go on our next road trip. We're probably going to go um, down to Chattanooga and visit oh, nice. uh, Signal Mountain Games and Toys. And there's a big flea market down there. Uh, we're going to do a flea market uh, treasure hunt. And um, so Carlin Stewart was watching last week. And he saw that I got uh, Princess Bride, the board game at Target, on sale. And he went out and got it. And he also got the Silver Centurion Iron Man at Walgreens. And those Marvel Legends figures, guys, at Walgreens right now, they're not marked on the shelf, but they're on clearance for $9.95. Just saying. All right. So, uh, Bill, we got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. But while okay. it's fresh, let's talk about your upcoming project. That is why you're here. I've got the graphic in front of us. I'm going to show it and then we'll, we'll talk about it and how people can get involved. It is called The Trash Man, a yep. hit world novel. So tell us about The Trash Man. So Hit World is a uh, project that began almost 30 years ago. And uh, you, I think you get the idea that I've got a very... I'm very steeped in comic book uh, mm -hmm. type uh, lore and, and and fun and you know I, I, things like that. And um, one of my favorite authors is is Roger Zelazny. Uh, if you haven't read him, uh, you know his stuff is is legendary. And um, so about 30 years ago, on the only place there was none of this, of course. Um, the only place if you wanted to be on a message board and talk comics, you had to be on AOL. Right. I mean, there wasn't anywhere else. And I was on a board uh, devoted to mystery novels called uh, Hard Boiled. And Hard Boiled being uh, noir, uh, Raymond Chandler, Dashiell Hammett, that kind of author, you know, with these tough guy PIs and things like that. Some of the authors on there are, uh, in fact, most of the authors on there that were on there at the time were, are, are now all new, number one New York Times bestselling authors. They've all made it, but back then nobody had ever heard of them. Uh, some of them, I don't know how much you keep up with with mystery stuff, but Michael Conley, every book he puts out is number one. Um, Max Allen Collins wrote Road to Perdition. Speaking of mm -hmm. graphic novels, okay, yep. and uh, he has a phenomenal series about a uh, PI called Nate Heller, and um, he's very involved in comics and and things like that. He loves this kind of stuff. Uh, he was there, uh, Harlan Coben, everything Coben does is now a number one New York Times. So anyway, there were all these future successful authors. And one of them is a guy named James W. Hall. And um, J Jim has, you know, his books always go to number one on Amazon and things like that. So um, every holiday, he wrote a vignette about this down-on-his-luck PI named James Holiday, And... You know, it was just for fun. It was 500 words about this. And, and something always went wrong in Jim's life on a holiday. You know, Thanksgiving, something happened to the turkey or whatever. And it was always told in this really serious but deadpan style. And after a while, everybody else started doing the same thing, and I did too. And I wrote this little vignette about 500 words. But before I could ever finish it or show it to him, AOL wiped out their message boards. Oh, all the archives were gone, everything. And a couple of years ago, I was just looking through some of my old CDs and, or, you know, from uh, CD-ROMs and found 
uh, a fiction disc that had the, all these stories of his on it. So I sent them to him and said, uh, you know, hey, Jim, you know, here are these. Do you want them? Did you keep them? He goes, no, man, I'm, you know, thank you. And I sent him the one I'd done. It was 500 words. And he wrote me back. And he goes, I, I'm not blowing smoke. You really need to finish this. This is really, really good. So, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but I did. And um, as it turns out, that turned out to be the basis for Hit World, which is the universe that the trash man has set in. And to describe it, it's um, the the tagline is it's a place where everything you don't believe is real. So if you're a skeptic and you don't believe in UFOs or Bigfoot or whatever, they're real here. And it anything is basically possible. Um, I my elevator speech on it. That's what we call it. The little how do you describe it is imagine that John Wick gets a license to kill and joins men in black. Okay. And so it's a universe where, um, killing people is legal as long as you have a license because the government is involved in every step of it and they want their cut. Of course. And if you don't, if you do it wrong, if you just go out and kill somebody because you're mad at them, then um, you can be killed by anybody else and they can take your stuff. So it's all got to be done just so that everybody gets paid and and everything's lined up legal. And the book is about, uh, it's the first book in the series that launches it. And it's about uh, a guy who falls, it's got to have a femme fatale. Yeah. And oh wait, so, wait, wait! That's that's politically incorrect, Bill. Oh well, should I say it again then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. Uh, okay, well, it's got to have a dangerous female. Um, in oh, we, even... we, we don't we don't do pronouns here. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so it's got to have <laughs> a dangerous <laughs> love interest. <laughs> Human love interest. I you know, don't want to go off on that terrifier. Yeah, you don't do want to go off. rhinoceros on the cover. I do. Well, it's actually not a rhinoceros, but I, you know, it, it just looks like one. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, yesterday I wrote a story. Um, it's it's uh, I mean a song. Um, it's set to you. Are you familiar with the song "Ghost Riders in the Sky"? Oh by, yeah, yeah. Okay, by the Outlaws, the really fast. Oh yeah, yeah. Version. Okay, so this is sung to that, but it's called uh, Orange Rhinos in the Sky. <laughs> and um, so, do a, do a few bars for us. I'll have to pull it up. Uh, I can't remember the lyrics, but wow. <laughs> uh, hang on one second. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's just interesting watching me sit here and do this. Orange but... Riders. Here we go. Here we go. in the Sky. Yeah. Okay. Duncan Steed went driving out one hot and sunny day in a cool back seat. He rested as he went along his way when all at once a mighty herd of vicious beasts he saw plowed out the ragged skies and through a jagged flaw. Yep. Yep. And then I'm actually, I'm getting somebody who can actually sing to, you know, play to it and sing it as Philk and all that kind of stuff. That's fantastic. Um, Um, so, the guy falls in love with the wrong female and um, things spiral out of control from there. And nothing's like, 
is what he thinks it is. And uh, that's actually the, the cover that I know. It's a Rakono. And Rakono's just, I hate to give things away, but we'll give this a little bit away, is um, they are interdimensional. Like a rhino, there are differences, uh, who are carnivorous and have um, acquired a taste for human human earthly meat. So they show up every now and then just to eat and then leave. And they're about the size of a locomotive. So, um, and somebody said he's going to need a bigger gun. Yeah, he, he gets one. Um, so the book is, is a lot of fun. Um, it is my, there's a lot of influences that went into it. And, and I kind of said, okay, if I'm really going to do this, if I'm going to write this in a way that's going to appeal to people who love, you know, really, really off the wall stuff, then uh, I've got to put everything I can think of in there. And it, it's got, it doesn't have a kitchen sink because I couldn't think of a way to actually do it. Um, but it's got everything else. And uh, it's an homage to Roger Zelazny's Nine Princes in Amber. And so for anybody who has read that book or that series, if you pick up on references to it throughout, not I'm not copying Roger. I'm, if I didn't tell you this, you probably wouldn't under, wouldn't catch on. But the construction of the book, the layout, the narrative drive and all that has that as its foundation. There are bits of the Avengers in it. Okay. And there are other influences that came in and they were all conscious homages. But somebody who's already read the book as an early reader, I told them where the Rogers Lasney references were and they didn't they didn't get it until I told them. And then they go, oh, yeah, I see that now. So it's not like I'm I'm copying because honestly i don't know even know how to do that but uh it's the first in a series the second one's written it's called uh, a bullet for the shooter i wrote that with larry hoy larry's the co-creator of the universe uh it will be out this is coming out january the 15th from chris kennedy publishing um it will currently only be available on amazon um there's I, I know people want to, and it's a long story about why you can't get some of these books in traditional bookstores. Hey, look, it, I'm right there with you. I've, you know, I've, I've written five books and um, <clears throat> they're available through traditional bookstores, but they're not on the shelf at traditional bookstores. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it, that's the whole deal. Okay. Uh, I, I'm Chris and I are actually writing a book on that. Uh, nonfiction. Okay on uh, the publishing as it is now and how they're making a mistake, not shelving books from people like you and me, that mm -hmm. what they're doing is they're all buying the same books from the same people. And the only thing they've got to compete with is price, which, right. Amazon, which Amazon's already beaten them anyway. So uh, anyway, um, and we've the first, uh, I, gosh, uh, the first two, three books in this series are written. It's a shared universe. And so the first three books are written. Book four, uh, who, uh, I don't know if you know Robert Krogh or not. Uh, yeah, I but, do. Okay. I thought you probably did. Uh, Robert's writing book four. Um, and then uh, do you know uh, Tyree Campbell from uh, um, 
it's Horace Publishing now. Uh, anyway, he's writing a book. We, we've got a whole bunch of authors that, as soon as they heard the concept, said, oh, man, you know, count me in. And uh, we've got an anthology coming that's already got a lot of neat stories in it. So it's going to be a really fun universe. I think if you like comics, if you like graphic novels, if you like that fast-paced um, action, um, I think you're going to like it. I do. For anybody who's familiar with any of my other work, they know that uh, I don't build characterization traditionally. I, I do it. I do it. And I'm very uh, proud of the way I do it, but I'm a little faster paced and I do it as part of the action. And, uh, you know, I just think it's really, I'm really proud of it. I mean, uh, for being as off the wall as it, as it comes across, uh, I think it holds together and its internal logic holds together really well. Well, I love, and Carlin Stewart says me, 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 he wants a copy. So, um, now, Car now Car Carlin is a good friend of mine, by the way. I, I love the guy. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. Now, Bill, is there so, is there a Kickstarter connected with this? No. No. Okay. No. Because I thought uh, there was something launching next week. There is. This is okay. launching next week, okay. January fifteenth. Okay. Uh, it it will be available on uh, um, Amazon. Okay. And we I, don't we don't I need cross signals there. It's okay. Uh, I have a Patreon channel. You know, okay. if, anybody, if anybody wants to keep up with my um, daily, I probably, people keep telling me, you're really telling a little too much. You know, you're telling stuff you probably want to keep secret. And I'm like, uh, eh. you, you know, know. I, I don't know. Uh, everything that you said, you know, makes me interested to read the book. Uh, now, why is he called the trash man? Well, I'm trying to think of how to give this uh, out without um, going too far. Okay. So as far as the world knows, it, imagine the world we live in now. Okay. Only there are licensed assassins. Right. And, and it's not cheap, by the way. All right. You know, it's not like for a hundred bucks, you can get somebody off. You can, but the assassin that you hire doing that isn't necessarily going to do a really good job, you know? Um, and so, uh, the trainees and stuff like that. Sure. We live in a world where most people don't believe in magic hit world is they don't believe in Bigfoot. They think it's all nonsense. If you like comic books, you're looked down on, you know, as being some kind of idiot, but yet the same people go see the Avengers movies. Uh, it's, it's the world we live in now only with legal assassins. Okay. And, uh, that's the world that he lives in. Where if you told him, hey, I saw a UFO last night, he'd look at you like, yeah, sure. You know, you're out of your mind. Well, except there's a different level of people who want to, um, there's a different level of assassin. And the next level above his, when he finally understands it, they're called, they refer to themselves as the trash men. Because they take out the trash, got the alien trash, uh, rogue Bigfoots, uh, magic users who've gone off the deep end. Uh, I like rogue Bigfoots. I know. Isn't that a cool concept? Yeah, it is. Well, you know, I already have a Bigfoot story out called the Hairy Man. I did not know that. 
Uh, yeah, and, and it's set in my post-apocalyptic universe, but it doesn't, it's only using one of the characters. It's kind of a standalone. And, uh, and you know, there's people out there, and I get the grief from people to, you know, Bigfoot, why would you write a story about Bigfoot? It doesn't exist, you know, and all that stuff. It, it, and you just want to go, why are you reading this genre if you don't like reading about Bigfoots and stuff? I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, what is wrong with you? So uh, anyway, yeah, and um, it, it it it's a really neat place, and the trash men are uh, legendary, but nobody knows what they really do and who they really are, and they're very secret. Um, I, I'm giving some stuff away, and I really hate to, but I'm not giving away details too much. There's a Charlie's uh, Angels kind of vibe in one part of this. Where so, this is just this just sounds bananas, crazy fun. Um, so the trash man, it comes out next week on January Amazon. 15. Yeah, I'm gonna order it. Can oh, you pre-order it? No, we don't do pre-orders. Okay. okay, so you'll have to wait. So do me a favor. So we right. can remind our viewers next uh Saturday, send me a reminder okay. Friday night to, to mention on the show. And we'll uh, we'll all run out and get it. And Carlin Carlin Stewart says stealing the beef jerky. Is that what Bigfoot does? Steals big or what is he doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a um, commercial called um, "Messing with oh, yeah. Sasquatch." Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I got it now. Yeah. Well, excellent, excellent. Super excited about the Trash Man by Bill Webb. Everyone, go get that available next Saturday on Amazon. And um, so, uh, Bill, I want to talk about a couple other things in the next sure. 15 minutes with us. Um, but before we do that, we need to acknowledge one of our sponsors, fellow author, Miss Cindy Kep. Author Cindy Kep is writing on the edge. Books include Remnant in the Stars, The Loudest Actions, Lines of Succession, Mindstorm, Condemned Courier, The Yerushalon Series, and Animal Eye. Find author Cindy Kep at cKOEPP.com today. Those look and, great. Yeah, they do. And we are also brought to you once again by Hot Sockets. They're so good, they'll leave you speechless and possibly unconscious. And also brought to you by The Further Adventures.
The Further Adventures of the League of Impossibilists. Check that out at impossibilists.com, patreon.com slash impossibilists. Did I see uh, Freemasonry and Solomon Kane in there? Not Solomon Kane, but some 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 riffing on on some themes from Solomon Kane, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, that that you know we that's a project that we're doing kind of in reverse. We started as original characters cosplaying, and mm. then one of our members said, "Oh, you should do a comic book series." I said, "Okay," and so he started drawing. No story, just started drawing. Had an I story idea in his mind, but he was just drawing. And then Boy, he, I get along. Yeah. yeah. He sends me the pages of his pencil artwork. I ink them, and then I I put them in order to create a story from what he's already drawn. <laughs> Completely backwards. Usually you start with a script, then then you then you draw it, you publish it, and then people cosplay as those characters. We did it completely backwards which i kind of dig that's how i write a book is um so many authors outline and outlining uh um gives me hives (laughs) when i write a book I, i literally usually start with the end and i will write scenes that appear to me until I run out of scenes, and, and then, then I'll go back and connect them. Yeah, that's kind of how I do it. Oh, look at here. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. It's Demartini. Marti. Okay, so the, the the eight ball was right. It said you would show up. Now, it's my fault that she's late because I forgot to send out the link. And and it is a Saturday morning at the Barti house, I can tell. Are I'm you, half dead. You're half dead. Are you feeding the kids? Yeah, yeah. What are the kids eating? Oh my god, I look terrible. <laughs> you look fine. <laughs> you look better than I do. You you look like a Saturday no. morning. D meet oh. Bill. Bill meet D. Hi. Hi. So hey D, you're just in time because I was just going to talk about uh, some of the stuff that maybe you've been watching. Have you been watching Cobra Kai? In no. your house? No. D. Barty. What? You and and Brian need to sit down and watch Cobra Kai. Is that the one with the the guy from Karate Kid? Yes. Yeah. The, okay. The Karate Kid story continued. They just finished season three on Netflix, um, and they're short seasons. They're like thirty minute episodes, so you can watch them really quick. Um, this season took me one day to watch, which I hate binging, but uh, <laughs> I did it anyway, and I had an empty hole in my soul after I was done. <laughs> but the spoiler alert, ah, this scene at the end of Karate Kid or Cobra Kai season three was epic, gave me goosebumps. So, DMRT, you have got to watch Cobra Kai. I've heard good things about it. I'll watch it. Yeah, you should. Now, D, are you? What do you? What are your feelings about uh, this coming up on Disney Plus? Do you know anything about WandaVision? I do not. So, WandaVision is the continuing story of the Scarlet Witch and the Vision, 
Uh, and people are going to say, wait a minute, didn't Vision die in Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War? Yes, he did. But somehow, Wanda has used her reality-altering powers to bring him back to life and to create what she in her mind considers the idyllic uh, relationship. And the, oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> the show is based off of you know classic sitcoms um, through the 60s and 70s and into the 80s, because that's kind of how she envisioned their whole life is like a sitcom. And um, uh, so that's coming next uh, next Saturday or Friday, next Friday to uh, Disney Plus. So all of you Avengers fans out there, uh, check out WandaVision. Hi, John. Yeah. Does Vision still have his powers? Yes. And um, there is rumor that Wiccan has already been cast and that we may see Quicksilver return, but not really Quicksilver. It's uh, Speed. And... um, you know, that a different actor, obviously, is going to be playing him. But uh, in the comic series, these were Wanda's originally imagined children who, during the House of M event, became reality and became uh, members of the Young Avengers. So lots of, lots of cool stuff in the continuing story of the Marvel Universe. And you can hear DVRT getting breakfast ready for the kids. The Sorry. kids are running around in the back. Show us the kids. Show us, show us the kitchen on Saturday morning in the Barty house. Well, there's my kids. <laughs> I'm not showing you my kitchen because it's a hot mess. <laughs> so, um, Bill, are you into uh, pulpy alt-reality stuff? Obviously, you are, because you write that stuff. Yes. Have you seen Shadow in the Cloud? No, but I have actually seen uh, commercials for it, and I'm down for anything with Chloe Grace Moretz. Yes. So this is, you could almost consider it, if you ever saw Gremlins, D. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Shadow in the Cloud is, in in my head canon, is a prequel to the movie Gremlins, but um, with different character designs. Um, I loved this movie. I give it, I give it high marks. I give it high marks. Um, it is an alternate reality diesel punk adventure. And it almost entirely takes place in this gunner turret. And uh, Chloe plays um, a a former uh, fighter pilot in World War II. And that tells you it's alternate reality right off the bat because we didn't have American fighter pilots in World War II. But she was one and one of the most successful, most decorated pilots, uh, gunners and and whatnot. And... uh, She's got a secret package that she's got to deliver and uh, top secret orders to to protect it and deliver it. And in the meantime, she's got to open up the gun turret while they're in the air and fight off the gremlins attacking the fighter plane. 
I loved it because it almost entirely takes place inside this turret. There are other characters, but you only hear their voices for the majority of the movie. And I just thought that was crazy inventive. So it's kind of like the William Shatner episode of Twilight Zone with a ball turret and a lot more, a lot more gremlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the Gremlins are – I wish they could have got the rights to do the Gremlins movie design on the Gremlins. They're horrifying in this, but it would have been so satisfying to have those little green Gremlins. Uh, in it that. would, yeah. It would, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but um, in one of my other series that I write, Chloe Moretz is the uh, – uh, she's the model, I guess you'd say, for one of my characters. Um uh, <laughs> A grown-up hit world, hit girl, only um, psychotic. So, so um, we got another comment from Carlin Stewart who says, "I may finally have to get Disney Plus." Carlin, what? Are, how do you not have Disney Plus? You, so you haven't seen The Mandalorian? Come, Carlin, come on, Carlin. Yes, you do have to get Disney Plus. Now, Shadow in the Cloud is streaming on uh, a bunch of different streaming platforms. It was not released to movie theaters for um, obvious reasons, but uh, you can download it and stream it. It's uh, one of those nineteen ninety nine tickets. Um, it'll be it'll be less uh, eventually. I luckily saw it with a um, a free preview from the publisher. And Carlin says, budgets, budgets. Yeah. Okay. Disney Plus is $6.99, Carlin. Don't go to Starbucks two times this week. And you've got it paid for. All right. DBRT. Uh -huh. I'd like to know, have you guys watched Soul on Disney Plus? Uh, one of my kids did. I saw her watching it the other day, but I have not watched it. You have got to sit down and watch this movie. Bill, did you see Soul? <sighs> I, I watched Wonder Woman. Does that count? <laughs> you, okay, let's talk about Wonder Woman. What did you think about Wonder Woman? Um, you know, I'm hearing some bad reviews, and I'm kind of like, what? Because I thought it was great. But you don't watch a lot of movies. No. So you don't <laughs> you don't have a whole lot to compare it to. Um, okay, so Wonder Woman, Bill, did you see Wonder Woman 84? I liked it. All the people that I trust, you know, who's uh, generally I agree with, said, oh, my God, what a hot mess. It was a hot mess. Um, they said, now, they did say, if you want to go watch her, that's okay. Yeah. Just don't expect the movie to be any good. That's right. She was even more beautiful in this movie than she was previous movies, which I didn't think was possible. <laughs> but well, do you know why? Why? Because she's because a little it was, older. Because it was actually all her. The first movie, she was actually pregnant when they were making the movie, and so they had to green screen a lot of her body in it. Really? I did not know that. I didn't know that either. I just said that you didn't know. Oh my gosh! Steve Martin bringing some knowledge, laying some knowledge. Whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. No, I did not know that. Well, yeah. this movie officially put her on my hallmark list. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, she was she was gorgeous. But yeah, Bill, um, as a movie goes, it was eh. When I heard about the uh, way they brought back, uh, what's his name, the love interest? Steve Trevor. Yeah. When I heard about the way they brought him back, I was just like, oh, come on now. You know, we're, gonna, we're going down the ghost route. Oh, ha, ha, ha. spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. DBRT, did you think that Wonder Woman's relationship with Steve Trevor was a little bit raping? That would not hurt so bad. A little bit rapey? Mm-hmm. No. So, I'm not sure I know what that means, but no. Well, you, <laughs> you go ahead, John. Spoiler alert. Steve Trevor doesn't actually come back. His spirit, his soul, his intellect comes back in somebody else's body. And so Wonder Woman is looking at this other guy seeing Ooh. Steve, but it's not Steve. It's another guy who is no longer in control of his body or his sensibilities. Steve is in control. And Steve and Wonder Woman. And, you know, a lot of people have been saying that's equatable to rape because it's unconsensual sex. Okay, so that's what they want to look at instead of looking at somebody comes back in somebody else's body. Seriously, give me a freaking break, guys. What what if what if she gets a you know disease or something? We're pregnant. Yeah. It was her choice. She knew. Yeah, but the guy didn't have a choice. His body was possessed. Yeah, as Carlin Stewart points out. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. I, yeah I don't... In the end he found her very attractive. So Well, we think that. Because there is a Christmas, you know, they, they, they came in and they refilmed another scene to make it a Christmas movie. Um, there's a scene at Christmas at the end where he runs into the guy that Steve was in. And the actor that they cast to play this part looks exactly like the actor who played Steve Trevor in the 1970s TV show, which was uncanny. So you get this nostalgia thing going on. Um, but... Uh, she runs into him again, and she's like, I'm checking you out. And he's like, I'm checking you out. So, Look, I thought it was good. I I mean. It was good. It was, but, it was horrible. My daughter said it was the worst movie ever. You know what was funny? Okay, so the end I, was the end where she, like, mid, talked wait, the, things the, off. Huh? The, Wait, do we need a spoiler alert? Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah, I was trying to say it without spoiling anything, but we've already done some, so it's okay. Um, the end where he's, like, taking over the world or whatever, and yeah. she's, like, she talks him down, and she talks to everybody through him or whatever. I thought that was kind of... Yeah, that but... was kind of lame. It wasn't real clear. Um, you know, she resolves the entire conflict by having the entire world... Yeah. Rescind their wish. What if, what if your wish was, I'm about to die from cancer and I really wish I wasn't? So you're supposed to give that up? Yeah, see, it was so weak. And, and um, well, she gave up her man, so. So you should die? I mean, you know. It, he did. 
Sacrifices. Okay. <laughs> I just thought it was a, a whole lot of Deus Ex Machina. And um, and uh, the fact with uh, Maxwell Lord, his son just magically appears at the compound. He's thousands of miles away. He needs to go find his son. And suddenly, magically, they're in the same place at the end. I don't know. Hey, you know what's funny? I'm sitting here watching this movie, right? And I'm going, the bad guy. And I'm like, I know him. I know, I know this guy. How do I know this guy? And I ended up having to look it up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's the Mandalorian. Duh. <laughs> well, and, and he's been in a lot of uh, stuff. Game of Thrones. He was in uh, Kingdom Golden Circle. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was the Mandalorian most recently. Uh, you know, I, I, I just wanted to mention that if in a movie, that sort of works. Okay. You can get, I mean, obviously they got away with it. But in a book, if I did that in a book, I would absolutely be nailed to a wall. You know, yeah. with the, I mean, you just can't get away with, uh, okay, I've painted myself in a corner, so God shows up. Basically, yeah, you know, and just makes everything good. So it is one of the differences between the the craft of storytelling and uh, in movies and books. So Cindy Cap says, "Gah, sounds like a movie to avoid." I would wait for it to come out on Redbox, Cindy. Get it as a rental, um, unless you have HBO Max. You can see. It. I do. <laughs> I was say I didn't pay for it. I have HBO yeah. Max <laughs> um, through AT and T, which obviously is not working last weekend. Yeah. Um, Stuart Carlin said way too much hype and expectations for it to live up to, which is a part of its problem. Um, and he says, I recommend it as a rating day matinee film. The one, and I've talked about this before and then yeah, that's we'll, get off, we'll get off wonder woman. Cause she just got off of you. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, one of the things that bothered me, Dee, was that wonder woman is this, kick-ass warrior and then all of a sudden in this movie she's so hung up over a guy that she had a nominal relationship with 40 years earlier during world war one or longer ago than that this is 84 so what was that that was 84 years prior no 74 years prior um she's been pining over a guy for 74 years and it's to the point in this movie where she can't, I can't live without him. <laughs> That's come on. Come hey, on. Hey, a lot of women can relate to that. Not the she 74 years, him, but she doesn't get over him in over 50 years, almost 70 years. No. Come on. No. An Amazon. Come on. Now I will say this. Uh, spoiler alert. The mid-credit scene was worth going to see the movie for. Did you did you watch through the credits, D? Oh yes, yes. Oh gosh, yes, yes. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Oh, I was so excited. Should we should we tell people what you were so excited about? I don't know. Somebody's going to. Okay. You tell us. So there's a scene of a woman, obviously of Amazon heritage, walking through a market 
I just have to say, before you say this, my kids are like, because I screamed, ah, my kids are like, what? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, so, something happens that causes one of the tent poles in the market to start to fall. It's going to land on somebody and she reaches up and catches it with one hand and then they pan around and it's Linda Carter um, as the character Asteria, who is a central part of the story, but you never see her until this end credit scene and Linda Carter is Asteria. It was worth watching the movie just for that. That's cool. Yeah. I, I love stuff like that. Yeah. So I think, DMRT, you got here just in time to talk about those stuff that you you actually could participate in. All right. <laughs> but, hey, this is up for you uh, for this week. You got any uh, fun, exciting adventures happening? Hopefully, my kids are going back to school, so <laughs> finally. <laughs> They've been on remote this week. Just this week? Mm -hmm. They started on the 4th on Monday, and they've been remote, even my kindergartner. Fun, fun times for the whole Barty family. Mm, it's been rough. So but at least we have internet now. I don't know if you were on last week and if you talked about what happened last week. We, we were. We were. Well, that you weren't on for the uh, for the Christmas Day uh, or Christmas loot episode. Did you get anything cool for Christmas? <laughs> so I did, and you'll be excited. I got two ring lights. <gasps> yeah. I'm very excited. I did. Ooh. I got a lot more, but I won't go into it. But my my uh, three-year-old got a lot of Mandalorian stuff. It's really hilarious. Because <laughs> he's like, did you find a Mandalorian? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, Dee wasn't on with us on our Christmas loot show because, um, you know, she has AT&T internet and phone service. And uh, AT&T was taken out by a bomber on Christmas Day. Um, and then last week. <laughs> so last week was my daughter's. In case everybody doesn't know, I have five children. Five. So it's a lot. But one of them turned 13 last week. Oh. And so we took her. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. I have a 20 year old and a 17 year old. 13. Mm. Um. But anyway, she instead of having a big party or anything, which is hard to do during COVID, she wanted to go and like redo her whole wardrobe. So we went to the mall and we went very early to the mall. Well, I was probably on the way to the mall. Well, I could have probably done the show in the car. But I didn't think about that. But anyway, that's what we did. Fun times because I hate shopping. Wait, a woman who hates shopping? What? Yeah, I know. My husband likes it. <laughs> I, I, I love shopping. All right. So we are actually 11 minutes over our normal time. Um, we don't normally go over an hour, Bill, but uh, this morning uh, is a little bit different. And to close us out, I'm going to do something for you guys. Um, so, uh, Bill. Yes. I want, I want to use your imagination. Now, this is important that the cards will never leave the frame. <laughs> 
All right. So, so Bill, I want you to imagine that in my hand are four cards. Now, right. we're not going to look at them just yet, but I want you to imagine that they're the four jacks. Queen of Heart or Jack of Hearts, Jack of Diamonds, Jack of Clubs, Jack of Spades. Two red, two black. That's important. Now, I want you to use your imagination, Bill, and tell me, in your imagination, I'm going to remove two jacks of the same color. In your imagination, which color jacks did I remove? Red, the reds or the blacks? The blacks. The blacks. That's exactly right. Now, I want you to imagine that I set one of the black jacks aside, and the other one, I turn over so that he's looking at you, and I slide it back into the packet of cards. Tell me out loud in your imagination, spade or club, which one of the jacks did I turn over? Club. Interesting. You've made all of the decisions. The cards have never left the frame. And yet, look, it is indeed the jack of clubs. Now, what's interesting about that is that before you and I started the show today, uh, Bill, I knew that you were going to choose the Jack of Clubs, and that's why the Jack of Clubs comes out of a different colored deck. But more than that, I was so sure that you were going to choose the Jack of Clubs and only the Jack of Clubs that the other three cards don't have anything on them at all. And some people say magic doesn't actually exist. I mean, there's evidence. There it is. And Dee has a big smile on her face. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. Thank you uh, for having me. Glad to do it. And remember, uh, go out on, uh, on the uh, – is it the 15th or the 16th, Bill? 15th. The 15th. Friday. Friday, Friday the 15th. Get Trash Man – at uh, Amazon, and um, we'll be going on another road trip on the 16th. But uh, make sure you check out D. Barty's photography. Do you have a website, Dee? I do. DBartyphoto.com. She's a phenomenal photographer. You want to make sure to check that out and um, see her work. When you guys get to Memphis, look me up. Well, we'll be coming to Memphis uh, whenever there's a con there again. Hey, last thing. I know you got to go. Uh, are, are any of you guys going to Fantasy, which is still on for March? I don't know anything about it. You'll need to send me the details. I'll do it. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, guys and gals, remember, you can uh, like us on Facebook at Serial Box Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Serial Box Podcast. Of course, watch us on YouTube at Back of the Serial Box. And listen to us on iTunes and Spotify, Back of the Serial Box. And Cindy Kep says, thanks for hosting the adventure. Thank you for joining the adventure, everyone. You guys can continue to post comments. We will answer them throughout the week. And if you like this episode, make sure you share it with 
three or 400 of your closest friends and family. And until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>